Psalm 119 will be week 184, hour 128, and we are still in the 42-month period, going back to what we discussed last week, the beginning or the end of the tribulation, take your pick. But a lot of stuff has been covered over the last three and a half years, and as Patrick rightly said, even up until right now, there's a crisis still brewing in the Middle East. Psalm 119, just for the record, will be the longest chapter in the entire Bible. It's been said by some that either David, Ezra, or Daniel wrote this particular psalm. I think it's probably David, but I can't prove that. Just cast your eyes out a couple of verses briefly. 17. Deal bountifully with thy servant. 18. Open thou mine eyes. 22. Remove from me reproach and contempt. 27. Make me to understand the way of thy precepts. 29. Remove from me the way of lying. Uh, 33. Teach me, O Lord. 34. Give me understanding. 35. Make me to go in the path of thy commandments. 37. Turn away mine eyes from beholding vanity. 38. Establish thy word unto thy servant. 39. Turn away my reproach. 41. Let thy mercies come also unto me. It goes on and on and on. 66. Teach me good judgment and knowledge. Okay, so let's try and break down the first part of Psalm 119. This will be a tremendous, probably five-week study, working through probably the greatest psalm in the entire book of Psalms. Psalm 23 is the most famous, of course, but this is the most meaty out of all of the psalms. 119, look at verse 1. Blessed are the undefiled in the way, who walk in the law of the Lord. Just a quick footnote. This part of scripture deals specifically with the law, the Torah, the law of Moses. And of course, just to repeat, repeat what we said over the last several weeks and months, if not years now. God, from time past, looked forward to the cross, not man. The old cliche that uh, the Old Testament greats look forward to the cross is incorrect. But God was the one who looked forward to the cross, whereas we look back at the cross Blessed, happy, are the undefiled in the way. The early church was called the way. Christ will say, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Who walk in the law of the Lord. Now, we don't walk in the law of the Lord. We are under grace, not law. I'll show you how this is going to work. i go to first, uh, let's see now. First Timothy first, just to make the case. Because if I was a Seventh-day Adventist, I would love to run to the 119th Psalm and uh, teach that we are saved by keeping the law which of course we are not or if i was any particular cult member like the black hebrewites i would run to that particular psalm and say well there you are you see people you have to walk in the law of the lord to get saved and to stay saved which of course is a heresy first timothy chapter one and let's pick it up in verse uh, uh, verse eight but we know that the law is good but of course if a man use it lawfully knowing this that the law is not made for a righteous man i you and i those of us which are redeemed but for the lawless and disobedient for the ungodly and for sinners unregenerate of course for the unholy and profane for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers for manslayers for whoremongers for them that defile themselves with mankind defile themselves and back to that term the undefiled 119 verse 1 undefiled those that defile themselves with mankind for men stealers for liars for perjured persons and if there be any other thing that is contrary opposite 
to sound doctrine, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. Go back to Psalm 119. Blessed are the undefiled in the way, Old Testament saints, walking by faith, having to keep 600 plus commandments, who walk perpetually in the law of the Lord. Go to 2 Corinthians 7. Now, standing in state must always be distinguished. They are never the same. Uh, your standing, if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, is sinless perfection. But your state is something very, very different. Look at verse 1, 2 Corinthians 7, 1. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, Paul is speaking to the church, not the world. Dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. One of the, one of the main reasons why so many believers uh, are just a waste of time, basically, uh, are completely out of the race, incompetent, impotent, uh, useless, just existing, not even living, is because they will not kill their flesh. They will not say no to the flesh. They feed the flesh each and every day. What does Jesus say? The spirit is willing. There's a new man, but the flesh, there's the old man, is weak. The flesh is so weak. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. One more, chapter 12. And uh, look at verse 20. For I fear, lest when I come, I shall not find you such as I would, and that I shall be found unto you such as you would not. Lest there be debates, envyings, wrath, strifes, backbitings, whisperings, swellings, tumults, unless when I come again, my God will humble me among you, and that I shall bewail many which have sinned already, and not repented of the uncleanness and fornication and lasciviousness which they have committed. One more, First Samuel 15. If you don't hold to once saved, always saved, you are in a very precarious position because the reality is you live with a great dread of losing your salvation at a moment's notice and going to hell for all of eternity. And I couldn't live like that. But thankfully, God has built into the atonement not only a safety trap, uh, but a blood atonement which covers all of your past, present, and also future sins. First Samuel 15. 1 Samuel 15, I think it's 23, 15, 23, here we go, make it 22. And Samuel said, hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord, never mind your sacrificial system, he wants you to obey him. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry because thou hast because thou hast rejected the word of the lord he thought of rejected thee from being king of course the rest we know he dies prematurely loses the kingdom and uh may or may not have been saved go back to psalm 119 i think he was saved but he died prematurely due to his sin due to his uh, refusal to repent due to not listening to the prophets and god almighty himself and uh, that's the reality of anybody anywhere at any time who refuses to walk in the way of the Lord 119 verse 1 again blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord go to Hebrews chapter 7 now the quickest way and the best way to really get this, uh, this particular psalm down is to look at it through the eyes of the Lord Jesus Christ it won't work any other way what I don't want to do as a teacher is try and 
run you back to the Old Testament, which is what they call backloading the gospel, and put this on you as a means of salvation, or to prove that somehow you are saved. All of your Lordship Salvation people do this. Uh, James White does it, uh, Ray Comfort does it, uh, John MacArthur does it, and you can't do that. For example, for the Old Testament saints, when they died, they went into Abraham's bosom. When we die, we go straight to glory. Huge difference. Uh, they had to sacrifice animals to stay in fellowship with the Lord, whereas God has already sacrificed the Lamb of God to allow us to stay in fellowship with the Lord. There's a, a whole placenta of differences between the Old and the New Testament, which you've got to get right, otherwise you become a heretic, a Jehovah's Witness, or a Christadelphian, or a Nazarene, or a Methodist. They all hold to this faith and work system. They don't use that term, but that's what they hold to. Faith and works. It will not work. Hebrews 7, pick it up in 26. For such an high priest became us, incarnation, mankind, who is holy, unlike you and I, harmless, unlike you and I, undefiled, unlike you and I, separate from sinners, definitely, like, un, definitely, definitely unlike you and I, and made higher than the heavens, who needed not daily as those high priests, high priests to offer up sacrifice, first for his own sins, not Jesus Christ, and then for the people's, for this he did once, and I mean once, when he offered up himself. Go back to Psalm 119, verse 1 again. Blessed are the undefiled in the way. Old Testament saint trying to stay clean. And we'll say New Testament saint trying to stay clean. Who walk perpetually in the law of the Lord. Nobody living today walks in the law of the Lord. Only Jesus Christ would do so. If I give you one more just to prove it. Go to Romans chapter, I think it's chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. The law is a good thing. I've just shown you that. Uh, but you can't be saved by keeping the law as much as you would uh, hope to do so it doesn't work that way unfortunately for a lot of people they want to be saved by keeping the law and uh, it is absolutely impossible uh, Romans 3 3 and uh, let's see now 3 uh, 28 therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without without the deeds of the law Go back to Psalm 119. Let's keep moving on. Verse 2. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies, ordinances, rules, regulations, testimonies, and that seek him with the whole heart. Go to Second uh, Kings. Now, the Bible is an incredible book. It sets the bar very high when it comes to what God would expect of all of us, which you would expect, of course. But, of course, we miss the mark. We all, you know, we've all fallen short of the glory of God every one of us uh, Solomon said there wasn't a man on the face of the earth that uh, did good and didn't sin uh, we've all sinned and we all continue to sin that's why John told you to confess your sins it's a strange book the Bible the way that it's laid out at times blessed happy are they that keep his testimonies perpetually and that seek him with the whole heart the whole heart but your heart's desperately wicked who can know it 2nd Kings 23 2nd Kings 23 and uh, let's see now 23 20 uh, 25 and like unto him was there no king before him Josiah of course verse 26 that turned to the Lord with his uh, that turned to the Lord with all his heart and with all his soul and with all his might according to all the law of Moses neither after him arose there any like him 
He turned to the Lord with all his heart, one, all his soul, two, with all his might, three, according, four, to all the law of Moses. It can be done. Neither after him arose there any like him. We go to Acts chapter 15. Again, the Bible is a very mysterious book. These are paradoxes, basically. And I'm not going to spend any, any time trying to justify myself. I'm not uh, that foolish. I'm a sinner. I've always been a sinner. I'm a very sinful man. I'm not a holy man. Never have been, never will be. I know that. And you should know that about yourself. And if you think you're holy, uh, just speak to your spouse sometime. Acts 15. Acts 15. And uh, let's see now. I think it's around uh, 10. I think it is. Here we go. Uh, 15, 10. Now therefore, why tempt ye God? This is uh, Peter speaking. To put a yoke upon the neck of the disciples, being Gentiles, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear. Go back to Psalm 119. You see, it's not a straightforward case at all. And that's why your heretics run back to the Old Testament to try and get you under the law. You see how they do it, don't you? They say, well, Josiah was able to do it. Why can't you? But Peter couldn't do it. You see... This book is like dynamite, as somebody once said. You've got to tread very carefully. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies, and that seek him with a whole heart. Go to John 14. John chapter 14. Now, thankfully, we have a saviour who was perfect in every point, and yet was without sin, unlike you and I. John 14, and look at 23. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words. And my father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. So, again, Psalm 119, I'm going to say this, that if you approach this through the eyes of the Lord Jesus Christ, it will make perfect sense. But if you try to backload this, or try to harmonize this with the Pauline epistles, you've got a lot of problems. If I give you one more quickly, and then we'll move on. Go to Romans chapter 8. Now, it is possible to live a victorious life, I must say that. Sometimes I get criticised for focusing too much on once saved, always saved. And uh, maybe I don't always explain this as well as I should do. Uh, there's no reason to sin, I must say that. There's no reason to be uh, a impotence, incompetence, uh, undefiled believer, perpetually. Well, of course not. Uh, there's more than enough power in the blood to live a victorious life. Well, of course Romans 8.1 There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. That's your standing, not your state. Who walk, going back to Psalm 119, who walk in the law of the Lord, who walk not after the flesh, again the outward man is perishing, but the inward man is being renewed each and every day, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit, for the, excuse me, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Go back to Psalm 119. So you've got two truths here. You've got the law, which is good, number one, given to, um, or given as a guide to the unrighteous, because of course the law is our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. Once you graduate from school, that's it. You don't graduate again and again and again. Well, of course not. You don't sit your driving test again and again and again. Well, of course not. You don't get married again and again and again. Well, of course not. There are things you do just once in life. You don't go back and do it again and again and again. Once you've been justified, it's a one-off act. No need to have it done again and again and again. But what we can, what we will do, is aim these at a spiritual. We'll aim these in a spiritual way to the believer. That way, we don't get, uh, we don't fall into the trap of legalism, which is also endemic all over the world.
They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. Going back to Romans 8, 1 and 2. When you walk in the spirits, you don't commit the sins of the flesh. You can be victorious, no doubt about it. Last night, someone left a comment on one of my posts. And they were saying, uh, prove to me there is a God. Which is a rather childish statement to, you know, a childish uh, statement to come out with i thought how about conscience how about revelation how about prophecy how about archaeology how about uh, testing god almighty walking with him john chapter 8 and uh, how about getting prayer answered but i went onto this guy's channel and he says he's a former christian he's now an atheist which is a nonsensical term there's no atheism just a made-up word and i thought to myself you know what friend if you actually were saved once upon a time you're still saved now but you had a fellowship with god almighty I saw a video a few weeks ago, a famous British YouTuber, 100,000 subscribers, maybe more than that, in fact, huge YouTube channel, mostly secular, and I've never watched his videos, really, and I came across one, purely by chance, about a week or two ago, and he said, uh, I've got major news to announce to all of you people out there, I'm now a Christian. Yeah. Wonderful comments, praise the Lord, Jesus is God, amen, 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 hallelujah, and uh, 15,000 comments. I was just skimming through some of the comments. People are saying, I was a Christian 35 years ago. I've come back to Jesus. I got saved four and a half years ago. I'm now back with Jesus. It's a real problem in the church. People get saved, amen, but they stray. They walk away you know, for whatever the reason, and they're gone for five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years. Some of your children got saved, but are now away, with, you know, away from the Lord. They've married or they're dating unbelievers, and they'll be gone for 15, 20 years sometimes. It's very complicated standing in state. I don't quite understand it. Most people that we meet on the streets say they are saved but are doing nothing for the Lord. Just existing. And that's why we always put a little bit of pressure, gently done of course, to get them back into the scripture. Let's keep moving on. Verse 4. Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. Precepts. Going back to commandments, orders, ordinances. And this is the way to stay on track. Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. Again, Old Testament saints, their salvation was incomplete. Ours is complete. They pray for Adonai to do this and do that for them, whereas he's already done it for he's already done it for us. If you go into a mosque on a Friday, they are praying for they're praying to Allah to show them the way, to give them light. Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. He's a light of the world. All these religious people, mostly genuine, sincere people, wanting to do the right thing nothing wrong with that but they are not yet near the kingdom of god they are lost five oh that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes deuteronomy chapter five please deuteronomy chapter five the law will also keep you away from sin you read the ten commandments sometime nothing wrong with the ten commandments at all teach it to your kids if you haven't already and then live it yourself five five twenty nine Oh, that there was such an heart in them, that they would fear me and keep all my commandments always, that it might be well with them and with their children forever. Of course, the Jews would not do that. They kept sinning against Jehovah. Go back to Psalm 119. Joshua goes into the land and he conquers a large piece of the Middle East. And this morning, I sat down looking at maps from the days of Joshua, the days of David and Solomon, going up to the days of Jesus. I got a map up of Israel today. And I saw Gaza, and I thought, that's interesting, about 2 million people live in Gaza. Mm -hmm. Half are under the age of 18, didn't know that. Yeah. The West Bank, 3.5 million Muslims. 
smack bang in the middle of Israel. And I thought, isn't it interesting how you got two Muslim entities smack bang in the middle of Israel? And uh, of course, Gaza, if you go back to the days of Joshua, was governed by Judah. So when they say it's their land, it's not their land. It belonged, it belonged to Judah. Judah had dominion over Gaza. And of course, Gaza was found once in the New Testament, Acts chapter 8. But due to sin in the camp of Israel, they lost a lot of their land. And of course, 1948, they go back and they've, I think they've lost about 50% to what they had during the days of Joshua. That is Jehovah's judgment on the Jews, of course. But it's still their land. But I want to keep, or go back over that again today. It'll take too much time. 119 verse uh, 6. Then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. Go to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. So the law is good. Use it carefully. Use it lawfully. Don't use it as a, a uh, barometer to prove salvation. That will not work. Uh, what you can do and what you should do is use it to show the lost how wicked they are like the good person test which we use a lot it's good you know Ray Comfort is good to use the good person test but unfortunately he's, he adds to grace by putting works into it he says uh, have you turned more of your sins and of course you, you can't turn more of your sins until you've believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and even then it's not going to be practical to say I've turned more of my sins look at me how holy I am it doesn't work that way if you're holy you are holy you don't need to talk about it or you know write a dissertation about it you are holy and people know you are holy you don't need to keep talking about how holy you are that's what the pharisees were guilty of doing then shall not be ashamed when i have respect respect unto all thy commandments first john 2 first john 2 uh 28 and now little children abide in him stay in him walk in him romans 8 1 and 2 abide in him uh, stay in the ship stay on the boat keep your life jacket on abide in him first uh, john 15 says without me you can do nothing abide in him that when he shall appear second coming we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming many may be ashamed when he returns due to not repenting of their sins found over in first corinthians 7 and first corinthians chapter 12 and that's the reality that all of us as believers have to stay close to god almighty just because we are saved positionally doesn't mean that practically all is well i can't stress that enough that's why your prayers don't get answered that's why you haven't got peace or joy in your heart there is sin in your camp basically going back to the old testament saints still messing around with this or that and losing time and fellowship with god almighty 119 verse 7 i will praise thee with that rightness of hearts when i shall have learned thy righteous judgments go to romans chapter 11 you'd be surprised how many passages from the book of psalms can be found in the new testament how many times we've been able to harmonize both over the last three and a half years but we tread very carefully we don't teach us as doctrine a doctrine we can spiritualize it you've got five applications when it comes to reading to the bible you've got the prophetical the doctrinal the historical and the spiritual and i've said over the years if you ever get into a jam and you can't work out a passage you just spiritualize it and go back later reread it and get more light that way you don't do any damage but a lot of your cults, a lot of your sects, a lot of your holiness groups will take passages from the Old Testament and slap them on the believer in the New Testament era, the gospel of the grace of, uh, in the era of the gospel of grace. You can't do that. And if you do that, you make a mess of things. And that's why people never have assurance of salvation because you are measuring uh, your flesh uh, to see whether or, not it's, whether or not you've been saved. It will not work. I will praise thee with uprightness of heart, number one when i shall have learned thy righteous judgments righteous judgments like 
doing the right thing at the right time. Romans 11, please. Romans 11. And uh, look at verse 33. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. Go back to Psalm 119. The reality is that no matter how much time we spend in scripture, no matter how much time we spend walking with Jesus Christ and reading his word and praying and spending time with him, we never know God as well as we would like to. And that's why in eternity, that's all we will spend our time doing, worshipping him and learning all about him. 119 verse 8. I will keep thy statutes. Oh, forsake me not utterly. So the the goal is good. The aspiration is good. And it's always good to try and stay on the right side of the Lord God, to walk with him and stay confessed up, prayed up, stay consecrated, put the flesh down, say no, I won't do this, I won't do that. But it's going to be very difficult for you. That's why Jesus said to pick up your cross each and every day and follow him. Put the flesh down. And the more you do that, the more you feel you've achieved something. It's always good to do the right thing. But it's always easier to give into the flesh. It's like junk food. Junk food is nice, right? Of course it's nice, but it's not good for you. Uh, people like a Chinese food. or They like Chinese food. Not me, but some people like, you know, Chinese. But within an hour or two, you're still hungry. You know, it's like all these things. And of course, you start to eat junk food. Your weight goes up. You feel more lethargic. You feel out of shape. And it's nice in the short term. But long term, it's no good for you. Sin is nice in the short term and of course but it's not good for you in the long term and that's why you've got to stay on the straight and narrow look at verse 9 here we go wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word go to the book of ephesians chapter 5 so a young man gets saved and most people get saved under the age of 25 and if you are a young man or a young woman and you want to stay close to god uh consecrated clean and what have you this is how you're going to do it ephesians 5 5 uh, 19 speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing and making melody in your heart to the lord look at verse uh, 18 be not drunk with wine wherein is excess but be filled 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 with the spirit 20 giving thanks always for all things unto god and the father in the name of our lord jesus christ uh, go to verse uh, verse 20 uh, make it 20 giving thanks always for all things unto god and the father in the name of our lord jesus christ keep thanking him keep speaking to him keep worshiping him it's always good to do so look at verse 26 that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word read the word of god it washes you it cleans you that he may present it to himself a glorious church not having spots or wrinkle or any such thing but that it should be holy 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 and without blemish so you want to stay clean and holy read the word of god number one pray number two witness number three that's all there is to it read pray witness pray read witness 50 minutes a day reading 50 minutes a day praying 50 minutes a day sharing the gospel and you'll you'll be transformed i guarantee it within probably 28 days a verse 10 119 verse 10 with my whole heart here we go again with my whole heart have i sought thee oh let me not wander from thy commandments that's the great prayer in both testaments about the church age don't let me wander from you god almighty the one i love i'm prone to wander from you and that's the truth of all of us i've been saved 21 years i've been hot i've been cold i've been lukewarm it's how it is i've had my doubts i've had my insecurities my uncertainties you know it's how it is 
I've been up, I've been down, I've been out, so on and so forth, and that's how it is. And if you don't believe that, you're being dishonest with yourself. With my whole heart have I sought thee. That is true. When I first got saved, I meant business with God Almighty. I read the Bible every day, I prayed every day, I listened to Christian radio. I wouldn't do it now, mm -hmm. but I did then every day. I wanted to learn as much as I could. I went to conferences, I bought books, I bought reference Bibles. I learned this, I learned that. Yeah. I did street work, I was giving out all sorts of tracts many of which I wouldn't today and uh, you know I was really on fire for God Almighty that is how it is for all of us as newborn babes desire the, the, uh, the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby look at verse uh, 11 thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee go back to Romans this time chapter 7 Romans chapter 7 is not emphasized enough standing in state the power of the flesh and the victory and the Holy Ghost they go together of course and I can only wonder why so few preachers really want to discuss standing in state the old man and the new man Romans 7 7 look at 22 for I delight in the law of God after the inward man Paul speaking new man new birth but I see another law in my members hands eyes feet toes so on and so forth warring against the law of my mind it's a battle and bringing me into captivity to law of sin which is in my members a wretched man that i am present tense not before paul was saved that's what the methodists the wesleyans lie about this is paul after he was saved a wretched man that i am present tense who not what shall deliver me from the body of this death i thank god through jesus christ our lord there's your savior amen so then with the mind I myself serve the law of God but with the flesh the law of sin the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak go back to Psalm 119 so the law is good again thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee that's the key you hide it in your heart you meditate upon it you're blessed verse 1 you're blessed verse 2 you take the precepts seriously verse 3 when you do that you don't uh, commit iniquity verse 3 verse 6 you never be ashamed verse 7 you'll praise the upright in heart why you've learnt the righteous judgments verse 8 i will keep thy statutes walk in your commandments over satan not utterly now of course again it's not as simple as that because you're still locked into this battle with the old man and the new man going back to romans 7 that's why you don't want to teach psalm 119 doctrinally it just causes too many problems look at it again romans 7 romans 7 22 for i delight in the law of God it's good okay it's good after the inward man but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind my mind my flesh my mind my heart they're at enmity and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members I, you know, I do things I shouldn't do with my members I think things I shouldn't think with my members oh wretched man that I am wretched miserable just disgusting who shall deliver me from the body of this death wage of sin is death but the gift of God is everlasting life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's only your Lord if you've received him. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God. Going back to uh, Paul being redeemed. But with the flesh which has not been redeemed, the law of sin. You get it. I'm sure you do. Back to Psalm 119. Let's keep moving on. 119. Look at uh, 12 again. Blessed art thou, O Lord. Teach me. Teach me thy statutes. Teach me your laws, your ordinances. 
I'm a Jew under the law. I want to know about your commandments. I want to know about the dietary restrictions. I want to know about uh, the Sabbath, the Shabbat as they call it. I want to know about this and that. I want to know about what a Jew is supposed to do, how he or she is supposed to dress, speak, uh, operates. Tell me about the Tanakh. Again, not for the New Testament. There are no dietary restrictions on the New Testament saint. Paul told you in First uh, Timothy, every every gift, every every food of God is pure, and can be received. There's no limitations. But of course, if you are a Gentile sitting down with a Jew who's not yet saved, you better be careful what you eat. Going back to what Paul said in Romans, don't allow your brother to stumble. So take your time to harmonize both testaments. They're not the same. The Old Testament has a break, a gap, from Malachi to Matthew. 400 years of silence. 400 years of silence. The law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Get the divisions in the right place. You'll never be guilty of heresy. 119 still. 119. Look at verse uh, 13. With my lips have I declared all the judgments, all the judgments of thy mouth. For today, uh, for today we're going to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ as a teacher I declare the whole the whole counsel of God to all of you. I explain the oracles of God. Paul said he wasn't guilty of of, of holding back the whole counsel of God. You don't share the whole counsel of God with with with, uh, with the unbelievers. You give the law to the unbelievers. Going back to First Timothy chapter one, and you show the the uh, the, the lawless, the disobedient, the whoremongers, the idolaters their sin, and with the righteous, the saved, you explain the difference between law and grace, so on and so forth. But you don't. Uh, you don't use the law for the righteous but for the unrighteous and you give the gospel to the unrighteous not the righteous because they're already saved you understand of course but to grow the Christian both testaments are needed that's why we do Bible studies every Sunday and also we break bread every Sunday to stay clean to pray as a group to consecrate ourselves as a group to confess our sins to God not ourselves or one another to stay clean because we get dirty throughout the week we get defiled verse 1 we all get dirty we all get defiled some of you are married to unbelieving spouses. You've got unbelieving siblings or unbelieving children. They say things and do things that you don't agree with. And it convicts you. You know, you get dirty or you compromise. You go to work, you do this or that, and you laugh at a dirty joke, or you laugh at this or you laugh at that, or you don't say anything when you want to. And you feel like you have compromised. And of course you have. But God understands that. That's why you want to break bread every week to stay clean. 119 still. 119. Uh, look at verse 14. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. Wealth is immaterial to the Old Testament saint. He's looking at uh, God's word, which is more than all the riches. 15. I will meditate. Think about these things. Meditate. Meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. The word is good. It's beautiful. But it can't save you. The law isn't for you, it's against you. Again, it's the paradox of the whole scripture. The law was sent to convict you that you are a sinner. You can't be saved by keeping the law. I'll give you a quick example. You go down to your local town hall sometime and say, hey everybody, I haven't broken the speed limit in the last 28 days. Who wants to congratulate me? Nobody will congratulate you. I'll go into the local police station and say, I haven't beat my wife up in the last two or three months. Who wants to shake my hand? <laughs> Nobody. I'll go down to the tax office and say, I haven't filled up my tax return. Who wants to uh, commend me? Nobody would want to commend you. You're, you are expected to keep the law, right? And therefore, when you break the law, they'll come after you. But when you keep the law, they don't care about you. But they'll come after you when you break the law. And that's the same with God's law. When you break it, you're in trouble. 
but when you keep it, and even that's not really practical, but let's say for argument's sake you could keep it, God isn't going to commend you for keeping it. It's not there to help you. It's there to bring you back to God Almighty. And yet at the same time, in a paradoxical, in a paradoxical sense, it's there to help you to stay on the straight and now, not to get saved or even to stay saved, but to stay in fellowship with God Almighty. Hope that makes sense. 119 still. Uh, look at uh, 17. Deal bountifully with thy servant that I may live and keep thy word. Go to John chapter 6. Jesus Christ is the written word of God. Uh, excuse me, he's a living word of God. And he's also the written word of God. That gets overlooked sometimes. John chapter 6. Uh, and sometimes they're very close together. The word of God written and the living word of God. John 6. And look at 63. It is the Spirit that quickeneth. Holy Ghost that makes you alive. The flesh profiteth nothing. Okay? Your flesh can't do anything for you. Even your prayers aren't really going to cut it. You need a blood atonement. But once you are saved, then you start praying and you pray each and every day. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are life. They are spirit. They are spirit. They are life. They're alive. Let's go back to John chapter 1 briefly. I just want to show you this. John chapter 1. John chapter 1. Uh, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. That's Jesus Christ, of course. Not yet incarnated. And the Word was with God. Being the Father, of course. And the Word was God. So Father and Son are found in verse 1, both being reference to being deity, of course. Uh Look at 14. And the word was made flesh, incarnation, and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, personal eyewitness, eyewitnesses. The glory, as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. 17. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. And 18. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. Go to Revelation 19 quickly and then back to Psalm 119. It's worth just doing a quick detour to make this point. Uh, Revelation 19 and uh, look at verse, let's see now, verse, uh, verse 13. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood and his name is called the Word of God. The living Word of God, the written Word of God. Sometimes you cannot distinguish them. Look at 16. And he hath on his vesture, on in his thigh, a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Go back to Psalm 119. The scripture is alive. Okay, you don't believe me? Go to a homosexual, a homosexual event sometime and just read from the Bible. They'll go crazy. They'll just tear your, tear your, they'll just tear your, tear your sign down and rip, you know, shred it to pieces if they could get near to you. Spit at you and cuss yeah. you out and the yeah. police will allow them to do it as well. Yeah. Yeah. This book is alive. It is alive. It can cut you. It can also console you. 119.17 Deal bountifully with thy servant that I may live, number one, and keep thy word, number two. Now, of course, you can't live by keeping the word of God, but Jesus Christ could and would. 18. Open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Luke 24, please. Luke 24. Luke 24 and uh, pick it up in i think it's 44 24 let's see now 24 24 44 and he said unto them these are the words 
which I spake unto you, while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which are written in the law of Moses, and in the prophets, and in the Psalms, concerning me. Did you get that? Moses, the prophets, the Psalms, concerning me. What a statement to make. Then opened he their understanding, that they might understand the scriptures, and said unto them this, excuse me, and said unto them, thus it is written, and thus it behoved Christ to suffer, and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance, which means to change your mind, and remission, meaning, meaning forgiveness, of sins should be preached. Raise your voice, shout if you have to, you know, let it be heard. Uh, should be preached in his name, that's power in the name of Jesus, among all nations, starts in Jerusalem and then spreads out, beginning at Jerusalem, Acts 119. Let's keep moving on. Uh, 19, 119 verse 19. I am a stranger in the earth. Hide not thy commandments from me. Strangers and pilgrims. Uh, back to Psalm, this time uh, 69. Psalm 69. And uh, Psalm 69. Look at verse 8. I become a stranger unto my brethren. Jesus speaking. And an alien unto my mother's children. Mary had at least five or six other children. I become a stranger unto my brethren. I am a stranger in the earth. Hide not thy commandments from me. And an alien unto my mother's children. Christ learned to become obedient. Hebrews chapter 5 speaks about that. And he was faithful in all things. 119. Look at verse 20. My soul breaketh for the longing that it hath unto thy judgment at all times. It's like a righteous man or woman living in a fallen world, as we all do. Living in an unrighteous nation, as we all do. And just feeling sick to the stomach. People getting let off with this or that. Uh, not going to prison like they should. Not being executed like they should. And the unrighteous getting more more leeway, if you will. And the righteous being punished. For example, street preachers uh, told to be quiet. Accused of hate crimes. Uh, being given asbos. And uh, being punished and prosecuted and fined for this and that. And yet, yesterday, thousands on the streets of London and Manchester holding up Al-Akbar signs and uh, nation, this, nation, that, are going to go to hell. No one says, that is a hate crime. And yet you hold John 3.16 up, or 1 Corinthians chapter 6, or any of the scriptures, they go crazy, the world. That's what is going on here. My soul breaketh for the long that it hath unto thy judgments at all times. Lord God, restore your word. Lord God, restore righteousness, holiness. Give us something, Lord, that we can get our teeth into. Raise us up a saviour. Not the literal saviour, but somebody can come alongside us and speak for us. Uh, because at the moment, Lord, we've got nobody to speak for us. That's what is going on here in Psalm 119. My soul breaketh, breaketh, for the longing that it hath unto thy judgments at all times. Thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. Honour the Ten Commandments. Honour thy father and mother. Don't bear false witness. Don't do this, don't do that. And yet it's being broken. You read about that later in the Old Testament. The priests are up to it. The prophets are up to it. Uh, the sin in the camp, people are going this way and that way, is just a catastrophe. 21. Thou hast rebuked the proud that are cursed, which to err from thy commandments. This is an interesting one. Go to John, this time chapter 7. Uh, John 7. Thou hast rebuked the proud that are cursed. Proud and cursed, keywords. You have rebuked the proud that are cursed, which to err from thy commandments. John 7. This is a picture of people on the wrong side of God Almighty. Here we go now. Uh, John 7, 48. Have any of the rulers or of the Pharisees believed on him? But this people who knoweth not the law are cursed. The Pharisees are cursed. They can't see it. 
They think that the people are cursed who don't know the law. Those rebuke the proud that are cursed, in reference to the Pharisees, which do err from thy commandments. And again, but this people who know not, who knoweth not the law, are cursed. Go to Matthew 22. Let's get some more light on this. The most religious people in the scripture killed Christ, turned down grace, wanted to retain the law, like a lot of people today do. They don't want to accept that they are once saved, always saved. They want to stay saved themselves. They want to do their own thing. See, it's like this. You're on a boat, and uh, there's a hole in the boat. You've got no life, you've got no, uh, life uh, boat, no life jacket, and the boat's going down. You don't swim, and you're miles from the coastline, and uh, somebody says to you, just save yourself. <laughs> How? You can't swim. You're boat's got a hole in it it's going down the shark circling the boat as well and uh, you've got no life jacket to wear how can you save yourself that's what people are saying when they say save yourself you can't save yourself but if somebody jumps into the water or if a helicopter flies overboard even better or overhead and throws a ladder or you know some rope out of the chopper and you get, get your hands on that now you can be saved Christ is our life jacket he is our lifeguard he is our lifeboat you understand Matthew 22 Matthew 22 29 Jesus answered and said unto them the Pharisees the religious people the scholars of his day ye do err not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God completely clueless I'll give you one more go to uh, Mark 7 just to make this really clear how dangerous it can be to teach the law as a means of salvation uh, mark 7 mark 7 and uh, pick it up in 7 Howbeit, in vain do they worship me teaching for doctrines i mean doctrine like uh, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men for laying aside the commandment of god you hold the tradition of men and they're mixing it up as a washing of pots and cups and many other such like things ye do full well you reject the commandment of god that you may keep your own tradition and on and on it goes back to Psalm 119 so the law is good if it's used lawfully but if it's used unlawfully you become guilty of uh, being a lawbreaker a transgressor you go back under the law and you're lost in in fact Paul says in Galatians 5 you've fallen from grace you see it's like this put yourself in the shoes of, an, of a first century Gentile believer living in let's say Galatia uh, and uh, Paul comes to your town preaches the gospel and you're a gentile and he says repent believe the gospel and you do so you're saved then down the line someone says to you i don't feel saved i don't feel very very spiritual i don't feel particularly strong i don't feel victorious i don't feel this or that so i need to really get spiritual i need to, I, need, I need to get serious with the lord it's okay let's go back to jerusalem the temple's still up and running you jump on a boat from galatia or corinth but especially galatia you get a boat back to israel and you arrive in jerusalem it's around 56 AD and the temple is still up and running. The Jews are still going twice a day. It wouldn't, you know, wouldn't be destroyed until 70 AD. And you arrive and you're a Gentile, not circumcised, never kept the dietary restrictions. And you go into the temple and you're just blown away by the, the ambience, the environment. You think, wow, I've arrived in glory. And you start keeping the rules, the rituals. You start watching the dietary laws. You get circumcised go back under the uh, back under the law galatians chapter 5 you've fallen from grace not your salvation but your state you're in a mess basically 
and you go back to Galatia and you say hey everybody this is how we should be living keep the law learn Hebrew uh, keep the Sabbath the day of atonement uh, Pentecost feast of trumpets so on and so forth and that way we become really holy and righteous no you don't you've now fallen from grace you've cheapened the blood of Christ you've thrown out that gift that he gave you in trying to keep yourself saved and uh, on the right path it won't work and that's what Paul is really annoyed about in Galatians chapter 5 Peter told you in Acts chapter 15 we couldn't keep it and nor could our fathers and that's why he says you are foolish Galatians who have bewitched you uh, you've fallen from grace you've received another gospel which we haven't given you and if you accept that as a means of salvation you are accursed found in the first chapter of Galatians 119 verse uh, 22 remove from me reproach and contempt for I have kept thy testimonies first Peter chapter 4 please first Peter chapter 4 first Peter chapter 4 and I think it's 14 we want 4 yeah 414 if you be reproached for the name of Christ happy are ye amen amen for the spirits of glory and of God rested upon you on their part he's evil spoken of but on your part he is glorified it's always good to suffer for Christ go back to 119 but don't suffer as a Pharisee suffer as a humble uh, Christian trying to do the right thing at the right time remove from me reproach and contempt circled by unbelievers sniping at the Old Testament saint and same for the New Testament saint for I have kept thy testimonies again that's difficult to really uh, unpack I mean who's kept the testimonies of the Lord perfectly who's really kept the law of the Lord perfectly in the last seven days I mean the scripture says love thy neighbor as thyself do you love your neighbor as yourself do you feed your neighbors do you give them a lift to work in the morning do you pick them up after work love thy neighbor as thyself do you feed yourself three times a day do you feed them three times a day you don't keep the commandments nobody keeps the commandments but it has to be built into the gospel or built into the, the into the scriptures because of course without that we'd all be lawless this where the law is a very tricky thing to nail down it's good but it can't justify it's good and it keeps you from sinning but it can't save you and that's why people can be so careful when they approach the scripture let's do two more my clothes 23 princes also to sit and speak against me but thy servant did meditate in thy statutes first corinthians 2 please first corinthians 2 first corinthians 2 the quickest way to find out if somebody really understands the gospel is to ask them to define grace in 50 words make it 35 words and if they if they are truly saved or if they are mature christians they can do it in probably 10 words if not five words but test them out sometime if you want to join a local church ask them to define grace for you you'd be quite surprised how, how they struggle to do so princes also did sit and speak against me but thy servant christ is called the suffering servant did meditate in thy statutes i think it's uh luke luke chapter 6 he prays all night it says about the gospels he got up very early in the morning he's praying all night he's up early every morning he's preaching and praying in around the temple area people would flock in their thousands to see him preach i mean he wasn't just a teacher he was the teacher servant did meditate in thy statutes first corinthians 2 first corinthians 2 and look at verse 6 Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect like complete not sinless but complete in, as far as your salvation is concerned you're not the wisdom of this world going back to greek philosophy socrates uh plato 
all those people nor of the princes of this world that come to naught like nothing but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory which none of the princes of this world knew for had they known it going back to the Jews first and foremost and also Herod and Pilate had they known it they would not have crucified the Lord of glory back to Psalm 119 please 24 my close thy testimonies also my delights and my counsellors so you are delighted when you read the scriptures they become uh, the Lord's they become your counsellors thy testimonies going back to statutes ordinances rules and regulations thy testimonies antecedent beyond God of course thy testimonies as far as God is concerned also my delight and are my counsellors now when you read the scripture that's God speaking to you when you pray that's you speaking to him this book will speak to you it can counsel you it can heal you it can make you happy it can delight your soul it certainly does with me well, I've been reading this book for 21 years this book is alive the scripture is alive I can't stress it enough Jesus Christ is the word of God he's the living word they go together because you can rip the Bible up and not rip Jesus up you understand of course but you get into the whole subject of the scripture and Bible say, the Bible says he's put his word above his own name and uh, I mean Paul really does elevate the scripture more than most people do today and uh, I think a lot of people would call Paul a, a uh, what, uh, they call Paul uh, guilty of bibliophobia they say you know you are worshipping a book basically but he wasn't you can't worship the Bible but you can read it you can meditate upon it you can really get something out of it it's alive you can worship Jesus Christ in spirit and in truth they say Paul you worship the book no not quite but he came pretty near thy testimonies also my delight and my counsellors never mind sitting down with a shrink or psychologist and paying him or her 50, 60, 70 pounds or 100 dollars an hour which many of your celebrities do read the scripture you get some great wisdom from uh, the book of Proverbs and the book of Psalms because of course these are words from God they are spirit they are life the flesh profits nothing the spirit quickeneth again the Holy Ghost makes you alive gets you saved the word of God grows you in grace Christ dies for your sins the father sends a son the son sends a spirit and you check everything in light of scripture of course you meditate on the word of God but don't think that keeping the law will save you won't save you but it may stop you from ruining yourself it may keep your marriage together it may bring your children back to God Almighty it may allow you to be a good prosperous uh, employee or employer but as far as your salvation is concerned it doesn't save you at all it points to the need to be saved but you're saved by a blood atonement thy testimonies Old Testament also my delight present tense and my counsellors again it can be you can be, you can be counseled from the scripture read it meditate upon it and then do it be a doer of the word don't just bury it in your buried bury it in your heart you've got to do it you've got to be walking you know, you've got to make this book real and practical don't do this don't do that. abstain from all appearance of evil you know put this book to the test i'll give a quick 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 example of that go to john 8 and we'll close john 8 i think it's john 8 31 let's see now john 8 uh john 8 uh john 8 john 8 uh, pick it up in 31 then to jesus to those jews which believed on him if ye continue in my word then ye my disciples indeed you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free check him out sometime these jews believed on him number one they continued in his word 
they continued to work uh, they continued they continued to walk with him and put him to the test this is before the law of course this is before the cross i should say under the law but they walked with him they continued in his word they are his disciples indeed and ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free it's a relationship so put him to the test and if you are an atheist or you've fallen away from god almighty come back to him check him out let him uh be your lord once again and uh test him out check him out and see if it works for you and it will work for you it works for anybody who's truly born again and if it doesn't work for you not born again as a symbol as that so we'll close there and come back next week and continue to work through Psalm 119.